Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. edition of the Lynn Sandy podcast, a part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, like we always do, please don't be afraid to rate, review, and subscribe. And for example, if you said to yourself, hey, let's just give a, a five-star rating because the host, Caleb Lynn's attractive. Uh, it's, it's totally understandable. It's if nice. you think that the, uh, if, if you think the content's great, please, please give us a five-star. And, and uh, you know, if Bryce is, you know, giving you takes that sounds a little bit annoying, doesn't make a lot of sense, just give him a five-star, you know, just, just do what you got to do to make sure that the, the ratings are, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're just wanting to make sure we get the feedback right, getting what you want to hear. And, uh, you know, we're excited for this next stretch. Uh, we are moving away from the NBA. Alex and our guest today are going to continue the NBA coverage. And without further ado, let's just get right into it. And I am pumped to be doing this NFL preview podcast, Bryce. This is what we've been, we've been very excited about this and we want to bring in some guests for this. And so we decided to bring in Indianapolis Colts homer, Dylan Hughes. Hughes, it is a privilege. It is yeah. a privilege to have you on this podcast. You, you, my friend, it's, it's been, it's been too long. It's it, that's on me. Uh, but, but I'm very happy to have you on the Lidsetti. Thank you for having me, man. It's been a lot of basketball talk for me this year. And yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in NFL gear, man. I'm ready. Yeah, baby. I'm, I'm available as much as you need me to come on. Cause I, you know, I'm going to have takes. Yes. Yes, you are. You absolutely are going to bring the I'm takes. Here for him. And, and that's look. Yeah, you know, and and this is both of these divisions are going to be worth it, Bryce. I mean, we're talking AFC South, we're talking NFC South, Tampa Bay Super Bowl champions. You got the Colts and the Titans in AFC South. I mean, it's just there's going to be a lot to talk about in this pod, but I think it's going to be great. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm happy football is back. We are starting to get burnt out at the end, Caleb. We took a break. We talked college basketball. We talked sure NBA. We it's yep. time to get back into football, though. It's, it's time. time back into it. Yep. And let's just jump right into it. We're going to start off with the team that nobody ever starts off with this season uh, for our preview. We're going to we're going to do it by one AFC South team, one NFC South team, one AFC South team. It'll be a pattern for you guys. Uh, but we'll start off with the uh, the Houston Texans here, uh, a team that's that's, you know, obviously, you know, a ton of change has been going on. Let's just let's not underestimate it. You know, they're, they're sitting there, they're losing their top talents. They're losing J.J. Watt this year. You know, they they, they lost one of the Cardinals. They, they feel, you know, Deshaun Watson. I mean, the cases are still there. And we, you know, there's still this level of what's going to happen. Is he going to play for the Houston Texans? Is he going to get traded? Will he play again? These are all questions that we have to think about. And let's just start with that, Dylan. You know, I mean, Deshaun Watson, when he is available on the field, he is a top five, top 10 quarterback. Okay. But I mean, with the situation that's going on right now, I mean, it's very possible he's not going to play for Houston and he may not play in the NFL again. Yeah, I mean, this offseason started off with Watson wanting out, right? So that that was how we started off. And then we get all of the accusations thrown in where it's just a completely different storyline now. So Houston and the league in in general have to handle, you know, what's going to happen with that. And I'm interested to see how it plays out because 
none of the charges are criminal, which I wonder if that's going to impact how mm. the league handles it. Um, but as far as, you know, trade wise, there's been rumors all off season about the Eagles and those have kind of come back lately. I don't know if that's going to happen, obviously. And it'll be fascinating to see what Philly's willing to give up um, at this point. But I mean, he's, he's honestly been one of my favorite players to watch since he's come into the league. I mean, he is so dynamic and that rookie year. I mean, he was just electric before he got hurt. And, you know, for, as a, from a football standpoint, it's, it's really, you know, tough what's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and obviously for Houston, who has just buried themselves with, yeah. <laughs> with the moves they've made in the past few years. Yeah. And, you know, obviously before all the accusations against Watson have come out, he still wanted gone anyway. So their team is a tire fire, whether he plays or not. And Bryce, I know you had something on the situation you were really wanting to bring up. Uh, you know, you were like, hey, you know, let's talk about this tweet because you think there's some real life to it. Bryce, you want to mention that? Yeah, yeah. So so McCain from from uh, the Houston Chronicle, he's been there for years. I mean, he, he is the Texans beat guy. He is the guy. Uh, I mean, you've probably seen him on NFL Network. You've seen him in the NFL circles. He is big time. Okay. He tweeted out today following a tweet saying Deshaun Watson is back on the practice field, but on the sideline, Deshaun, this is what the tweet said. Deshaun Watson will never play another snap snap for the Houston Texans. And I think that's very telling. I, I think, I think there's a lot of validity and truth to that. Even though David Coley, their new schmuck head coach swears that Deshaun Watson's going to change his mind and be a Houston Texan breaking news it's not. He's not. He's not going to be Houston Texan. I'm sorry. You're naive. You're a fool. And the fact that you want him back amid, among all of these allegations and potential charges looming, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. So I think Deshaun Watson is done in Houston. Whether he plays or not in the NFL again, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we've seen a couple cases drop, uh, but a lot of them have remained. And in fact, uh, some of these massage therapists are, are now speaking out, uh, which, which again, I think is, is very, uh, very telling on the Watson situation. And the fact that we have not heard from Deshaun Watson, uh, very little really. I mean, we, we've yeah. just heard him deny the allegations. The fact that we haven't heard from him, I think is a little embarrassing. I get it. It's part of the PR tactic, yeah. but you're not saying anything. Hmm. What is I? If you don't say anything, That's man, fair. it's it not looking good. It's not looking good. I mean, but this Houston team is, is a mess. It's a mess. I, I mean, they. I don't understand the direction that they're trying to go. I, don't, I agree. I, I I don't understand that they lost so many pieces. They lost Watt. They lost Nick Martin, who has been a solid center in the NFL for for quite a few years now. Yeah. Um, um, they lost. Will Fuller, they lost Gary on Conley, they lost Darren Fells, Duke Johnson, uh, the list goes on. I mean, I, I think they added some nice pieces. I think getting Marcus Cannon to solidify the the, the offensive line is good. Um, you know, they go out and they get Christian Kirksey uh, to shore up the linebacking core after they traded away uh, uh, McKinney. Um, Shaq Law on, on that on that front is going to be good for them. Um. I, I like some of the moves they made. Just some of them confuse me. 
you know, you trade for Anthony Miller, um, who I guess is looking for a fresh start in, in Chicago uh, with a very depleted wide receiving core. Now you have Brandon Cooks, who can barely stay on the field. You draft Nico Collins out of Michigan with a late round pick, which I kind of like Nico Collins. I think frame. I think he could be decent in the NFL. Um, and then the running back situation. Yeah. Okay, you you, you re-signed David Johnson, which I think is a positive. You signed Philip Lindsay, and then you have Mark Ingram and Rex Burkhead. I mean, what are you trying to do here? Yeah. And where are you going with this? Yeah. I, I don't I don't get that. Uh, I mean, they signed the emergency quarterback with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, they yeah. waste the draft pick on Davis Mills. Caleb, I, the only thing I can think about is is just the ghost of Bill O'Brien still looming over this franchise and, and will continue to loom over this franchise for years to come. The Houston Texans are, are becoming the Houston Texans that we knew when I was younger. They're not the well, almighty Matt Schaub, Arian Foster, Andre Johnson guys anymore. It's not that. It's not Sage that. Rosenfels? Sage Rosenfels? Ah, uh, Sage Rosenfels. Okay. Well, I mean, look, what, with Houston, here, here's where I think it's the most telling. Um, we see a lot of organizations go after younger minded head coaches with a level of, you know, a chance for them to grow and develop and rosters are getting younger. When you think about the Texans, I just read this on a a preview today, David Carley, 65 years old. He's the oldest first time head coach in NFL history. How does that, how, what, what's, so are you trying, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get somebody who can um, uh, bring kind of this, a level of, of experience? Are you wanting somebody who can gel with your guys in the locker room? I, I mean, that, there's a question to be had there when, when the coach is, you know, as, as old as he is and, and getting his first shot as a, as an NFL coach. I mean, to a certain extent, I think this team wanted stability and, you know, clearly, He's been around Baltimore and there was no question that they found that intriguing, but you know, here's the other fact. I mean, this is, this is going to be unbelievable. When I tell you this, they are the oldest roster in the national football league. Are they really? The Houston Texans are the oldest roster in the national football league. They're the oldest roster in the national football league. Somehow, some way, this team is the oldest roster in the National Football League. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You're not allowing guys to develop. You're you're signing veterans rather than trying to pursue guys who might have potential. You're you're the way that they're going about this offseason just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I I think I understand why JJ Watt wanted out, but it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that he's out of there. Because he was an icon to the city. He was the greatest. This is a hot take, but I don't care. He was the greatest Houston sports icon since Hakeem. You're talking about somebody who has provided to the city, who has developed an all-time relationship with these guys, and, and all he did was have unbelievable success. Oh, I hate it so much that he wants to get traded. I think that is awful for Houston. I think that's embarrassing of their management. This is a team that I think has no business being talked. I I don't even know if I can see this team winning a game. Really? Cully is yeah, really Cully is a top no Cully is a top candidate. He's a top candidate for a preseason get the sack award. He's 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 absolutely in that conversation. And he hasn't even coached a game, and I still feel that way. 
Yeah, unfortunately, a, I think we're going to mention him a lot in, in the Get the Sack segment this season. All I, all I know is this is a team that's very confusing to me. Their direction makes no sense, and we need to move on because they're not worth our time again. Uh, next up is the uh, is the New Orleans Saints, who, uh, you know, Dylan, you know, you, you, you are a Purdue guy. You're known throughout the network. Uh, you know, Purdue alum, Drew Brees. Embarrassing. Uh, fantastic career with the Saints. He, uh, he just retired which is meaning a new chapter for the Saints. They have Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill leading their competition at quarterback. Michael Thomas is out with an injury. This is a team that is trying to get back to where they have been in the last couple of years. But, you know, Bryce, I'll have you start off with this. This is a New Orleans Saints team that I believe could be living in the past. I think they could be living in the past, and I think it could bite them, Bryce. They have an elite-level coach, but – are they making the moves to convince you that they're moving on? Drew Brees retires, but it seems like everything else is the same. That doesn't seem like there's any, oh crap, Drew Brees retired. Maybe we need to make some adjustments. This is relatively the same team when you think about it, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, I, I think they still have a, they still have solid pieces though. I mean, I, I think sure. Traquan Smith is going to take a step. It, it sounds like uh, the Caldwell or, um, uh, no, it, it, I don't think it's Caldwell. Is it Caldwell? Might be. Uh, he got some playing time last year. I mean, it sounds like, or, or sorry, Callaway, Marquez Callaway. Yeah, Marquez Callaway. He, he's yeah. taken a step as well. I, I think he could step up in, in the absence of Michael Thomas. Um, I, I think they have a solid wide receiving core. You know, tight end is a, is a little concerning. They lost Jared Cook in the offseason. That is a little concerning. Um, but I, they still have a really good offensive line. Armstead, Pete. Ruiz, Ramchek, they still have a solid offensive line. Not to mention they signed J.R. Sweezy in the offseason, um, another guy that can help shore up that offensive line. And they still have a good defense. Yeah. I know they lost some guys. Uh they, sure. they lost uh they lost Hendrickson, which I think that was uh, in my opinion, I think that was a one season thing. I don't think he's gonna perform like that again, just my personal opinion. Uh they lost Rankins on the inside, uh defensive line. I think that's replaceable. I mean, you still have Cameron Jordan, who is an elite pass rusher. You still have Marcus Davenport, who's very good. Yeah. I, their corner, their secondary is still good. I, I I don't really have a lot of concerns for that. I, I still think they have a solid roster. I think they just have to figure out what direction they're going to go with quarterback. You know, I think it's it's – you pay Taysom Hill the money, right? He signs the contract last season, yeah. and you re-sign Jameis Winston. Which one is is going to lead you to more wins? I don't know that I, I I don't think I know the answer to that right now. Sure. I mean, we we've seen glimpses out of both of them. We've seen what Taysom Hill is able to do. Uh, we know Jameis Winston with the right coaching, I think, can be can be really good um, sure. as long as you know make the the correct decisions. But I I think it's also kind of I think it's also kind of a cool situation, right? If you throw Jameis in there. And he lights the world on fire. You're you're a freaking genius, and you look like a quarterback whisper. But if Jameis sucks, you could throw in Taysom Hill, who is another quote unquote quarterback, and, and we know what he brings. I mean, he he's a guy that he's just going to try to get get the job done, get W's, right? So I I think good can come of it, but also some bad can come of it. I think it's really hinged on what the quarterback position is for this team. I don't think they're going to be, you know, 11 and five or 12 and four again, but I, I still think they can make some noise. I, I think yeah. they can definitely make the playoffs if everything goes correctly. 
Sure. I mean, Dylan, looking at their defense, right? I mean, as Bryce mentioned, obviously they have they have Jordan, who's a, a prominent you know pass rusher in this league. Uh, they have Lattimore, who's great. Williams is great. There's definitely pieces there, uh, but but here here's the, I, I feel like their defense is going to you know need to perform at a higher level. I, like your offense can't carry you if you're the saints, right? This, this you have to, it, it has to be kind of flipped this year. I feel if the saints are going to be able to, you know, make the playoffs slide in a wild card or, you know, sneak some people and win the division, uh, it's gotta be the defense. Do you think that their defense can make a major step this season you know, despite losing guys like Rankins, uh, Janoris Jenkins has been around the team. You know, do you think that they're going to be able to take that next step? Yeah, you know, what's interesting about the Saints is, you know, you look up some of the defensive stats from last year and all things considered, they were definitely one of the better defenses in the league. No matter how you want to cook it, they they pretty much always end up in like the top five range. One of the areas they really struggled was in the red zone and just generally they weren't that great defending the pass run defense was pretty solid pass defense was iffy and you're you're talking about a division here where you know i'm not gonna give the falcons too much credit because they obviously just got rid of julio but they did just get kyle pitts and that's a guy that's going to be dangerous in the red zone tom brady happens to be a pretty decent red zone quarterback and, you know, th- those are the two teams, not that the Falcons are much of a threat, but I mean, the Saints need to finish second in that division if they want to have a chance to make the playoffs. And, you know, I, as much as I, I love Jameis, I, I think he's actually being a little bit underrated right now. If you cut out like a handful of mistakes, I don't think he's, you know, a guy that's going to lose his job on many teams. I mean, he made an incredible amount of idiotic decisions in Tampa Bay. That's undeniable. He was one of those quarterbacks that never wanted to just take a sack or throw the ball away. He always wanted to make a play. And that led to a lot of interceptions. You take some of those plays out. I mean, he was, he was awesome at times. And I think that's possible, even though Michael Thomas doesn't seem like he wants to play there right now. Um, So that, you know, that side of the ball is obviously, uh, kind of up in the air at the moment, I would say. But defensively, I think I think they definitely have some areas where they could get better from last year. And, you know, just a handful of small improvements on defense, I think that is – that's the side of the ball that I think you have some stability in and they can maybe give them a shot at, you know, maybe not making the playoffs, but giving a little bit of a run at it at least. Yeah. Hey, I will not accept Michael Thomas slander on this podcast. I refuse. Hey, uh, I'm you not need slandering to. him. I'm just, I'm just looking at the tweets. That's all I'm saying. No, Michael Thomas slander. That man well, is you need, a hero. You need, no, you need, no, you, you need to, you need to take it. No, you need to take. No, it. I won't actually. He, he needs to come out. He needs to be better than he was last season. That's just, that's just need. That just he was hurt. He was hurt all season. What do he, you want? Would you have bought? Okay, a sing, no touchdown. He had no touchdown. Yeah, Zero touchdowns. Oh come on! This is a guy that we're talking about who you know is an elite talent and then the injuries and you know it's seeming like it's still going to be a battle in terms of figuring out this injury price this is a receiver that has insane talent 
that is going to need to get himself back on track. He does not have Drew Brees, which I actually think could potentially help him. And this is, I, I think that, you know, there's a chance for a big year. He's got to stay on that field. But I, I mean, come on, Bryce, you got to, you got to get more out of him. Sure. He's fine. He'll be fine. He'll show up. Don't you worry. Hey, Ohio State guys always show up, Caleb. There's others I can mention, but I'm choosing not to. Look, the way that I see it with with Michael Thomas is this is a guy that, you know, we were talking about before the injury as top, you know, three or four in the league at wide receiver. He was open every time. He was reliable. He could make the play. He could, you know, just do whatever was required at an elite level. And obviously the injury held him back. But at the same time, the new quarterback adjustments has to make me wonder, okay, how does he you know, move forward from this. Uh, how does he continue to show why he is as great as he is? The New Orleans Saints, Saints paid him a lot of money. I mean, I, I think that's important to understand. They they paid him a lot of money for these next couple of years. They are looking for high-level talent from him. And, you know, as a receiver, this is your opportunity to really prove yourself and say, you know what, I'm this good without a great quarterback. And, you know, I don't think Winston and Hill are great quarterbacks. And Thomas has an opportunity to really show why he is so elite, but you know, Bryce, I'll, I'll let you take this, this position first here. And that's, I mean, when you talk about the saints, obviously we talked about Jordan, we talked about Thomas, but I feel like you have to talk about Kamara. You know, he is an unbelievable running back. He can do it all for you. And you know, he had a ridiculous season. He, he was, I, I mean, he was so fun to watch. I mean, you know, the quarterbacks that get all the glamor, but I mean, when Kamara was on the field and he was on my TV you can bet your sweet butt I was there on my couch watching Kamara dominate every opponent. There was no game plan, no scouting, no nothing that was stopping anybody from being able to defend him. He was on another level, Bryce. Do you think that he can continue that? Or, I mean, what, what do you expect from him? Because, man, he was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I think you can expect more of the same. I mean, I, I think they're going to rely heavily on him again, and, and rightfully so. And it's not a cop-out. It's not – you know, oh, the Saints, the Saints are going to be a check down team. No, man, it's you're getting your playmakers the ball in space. And if you give Alvin Kamara space, he's going to do something with that space. It's plain and simple. I expect him to have another big year. Um, you know, you just hope that the injury bug doesn't catch up to him. That's that's my only concern. Yep. And, you know, Dylan, here's the thing. I mean, you know, we like to talk about McCaffrey and we'll talk about him later and rightly so. But I mean, can you make an argument that Kamara is the best running back in that division? You know, has he taken the reign or do you think that a guy like McCaffrey saw us? Because I think Kamara has been at a high, high level for a couple of years now. Yeah, I don't even I don't, in my mind, like, I don't think. I mean, from a stats position, you would probably take McCaffrey, but I don't I don't think. Camara has ever been below McCaffrey for me personally. Wow. I mean, he's, yeah, I agree. A, from from a number standpoint, I mean, Maca- or Kamara is going to be a guy that's never going to he's he's not a guy that's going to rush for fifteen hundred yards a year, but that's because he's going to catch eighty balls. Mm-hmm. He's he's both the best running back and the most best receiver on most rosters in the league. He's he's one of the most dynamic offensive talents in general in the league. And yeah, so is McCaffrey, but I mean, the Panthers have not been that good of a team. Like McCaffrey has been one of their only offensive options. So I think the numbers are going to show that Kamara is fitting into a good team 
And this year, it's he's probably going to get even more numbers because, again, if Thomas isn't going to play, that's more balls coming his way. And I'm imagining, you know, Drew Brees, the check down king, which I think has helped Kamara a lot. And I could see either Jameis or Hill kind of being that same type of quarterback because they don't want to make a ton of mistakes. So I think I think that he's very well could come out of this year as the best running back in the division. And I again, I don't think he was sure. second place to start with. No, I, I get that. I mean, he he's been he's been on another level and. You know, I think for the Saints to really go, they're going to need that that ridiculous Michael Thomas season from 2019. They're going to need something like that again. You know, they, with the way that this division is laid out, and we'll talk about it a little more, you know, they're going to need some offensive firepower, okay? No Sanders, no Cook, okay? But, you know, let's just face it. The Saints, at you know, that second wide receiver position for the Saints has not been very good. Sanders was not very good for them. I, You know, he was you know, okay in his role, but I don't think he matched the expectations people thought he was going to be able to bring. Uh, so, so Thomas has to be able to deliver a record setting year. Now I'm not saying that 149 catches is what's going to have to happen, but he needs to come out and give me double digit touchdowns. You've never given me double digit touchdowns in a season. You, you got to be able to just command this team, take it to another level. I believe he can, but the injury is obviously, you know, a concern. And, and you know, the quarterback situation is a wild card. There's no question about it. But, I mean, in a way, it's like Sean Payton could be that good that we could be overreacting to the quarterback drama. It's possible that they just come in and, and one of those quarterbacks just easily gets it done. I mean, I, I think he's that good of an offensive guy. So, we'll see We'll see where it goes. And, and, you know, for the Saints fans, it'll be a new era. And that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing. Uh, next up, uh, unfortunately, uh, we'll talk about a team that both of these guys really enjoy and really root for. Yeah, and, baby. Uh, you know, it's the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, baby. By, uh, head coach Frank Reich. And uh, the Indianapolis Colts, you know, you want to talk about a team that, you know, certainly made some tremendous strides with Frank Reich as the coach. They certainly have done that. Uh, but, you know, they're they're in a really tough position here. Uh, particularly at one position at quarterback. Dude, you you could Carson you can't Wentz. help yourself. You can't help yourself. You no, can't. You, you can this say is a one good thing, but you got to say one bad no. thing to no, go I with don't. it. No, you're ridiculous. It's, no, it's called being reasonable to the team. Uh, Carson Wentz. Carson Carson Wentz now being hurt has put the Colts in a position where they got to go get something at quarterback. No, we they, don't. We don't need to get anything. You got Eason and you got Ellinger, and the yeah. Colts were a team that many thought could win the division. Now, Bryce, we if are. you could shut up and let Dylan talk, that'd be great. What do you think about the Colts here in, in, in this particular division? Because, you know, when you, you know, no wins for, for whatever, you know, however long that could be, you had very young quarterbacks with not a lot of true NFL experience and Quinn Nelson's injury, you know, it just seems like, you know, the offense is already in a really bad position to start off the season. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've debated whether I want them to make a move or not. And I think the early inclinations are that Wentz is not going to miss much time. And if you really look at the beginning of the year, those are very losable games, even if Wentz is healthy. And I don't know if if throwing draft capital to get, you know, Mariota or Minshew, which I forget who it was. I think it was Warren Sharp on Twitter said that the Colts would have a better chance of winning this year with Minshew. I mean, that was one of the craziest takes I probably have ever seen, honestly. 
that Minshew, who was, by the way, the quarterback for the worst team in the league last year. Yeah, I know he had way worse talent, but I mean, very uh, fascinating take that was. Um, But I haven't heard great things about Eason thus far, and he was a fourth round pick last year. He's, you know, he came in as a project, so it's tough to expect a lot out of him right now. Um, but you just got to hope and pray, I guess, that Wentz comes back early enough. And that's, that's really where you're at. But you could also look at it as this team was pretty darn good last year with Phillip Rivers. And this is a team that's built off the run. Obviously have a great line and yes, Quentin Nelson's hurt too, but they have a great line. They have two, three great running backs if you can have a quarterback just fill in the gaps at the beginning of the year, you just kind of hope your defense can hold up, and I I think they're fine. Now, Bryce, what are your what are your preseason expectations of the Indianapolis Colts? I mean, you know, Bill and I thought brought up some valid points about the team last season. Certainly capable of of getting the running game going, and you know, I I, I don't think the defense will take a step back, right? I mean, if anything, it'll be the same. I mean, or 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 better. Yeah, I mean that that defense is uh, they're going to be better. I mean, we we went out and we got a Quiddy Pay out of Michigan. All right, this is the only time you're really going to hear me say anything good about Michigan players. I've heard really good things coming out of camp. They said he's dang near unblockable. I, I I'm excited to see him, Caleb. I mean, we're replacing Justin Houston, who was somewhat productive for us. Um, kind of was starting to fall off a little bit. We decided not to re-sign him. Um, so I, I think it's going to be exciting. With Quiddy Pay on the edge, uh, we have uh, uh, DeForest Buckner. Obviously, he is a monster inside. That that trade is really paid off. Um, and then you get you have other guys on that line. I think it's going to be fine. We we signed Darius Leonard to an extension, so he's motivated more than ever to come out and, and earn it. Uh, and, and we'll get other guys in that linebacking core to to take uh, Anthony Walker, uh, Anthony Walker's opportunities. Uh, guys like uh, Ben Banigou and and guys like that. So I like where this defense is headed. I think the secondary is going to get even better. I really got to see Rakusin take a step though this year. That is one of that is one of the biggest things I'll be looking at. I love that we re-signed uh, uh, Xavier Wood or uh, Xavier Rhodes. I think he had a really good bounce back season. I think he'll be even better this year. Really promising defense, Caleb. Really promising. I like where this is headed big time. Yeah, no, they, they have built a, a monster on the defensive side of the ball. And, and, and that's, I think what they're going to have to rely on Dylan, they're going to have to rely on this defense. Uh, But, but here's the, here's the thing. My, my concern, my concern with this team, I got, I got two things. I go in number one, what, what can we expect of Jonathan Taylor in his first legitimate starting opportunity you know, with the ball, it seems like he's going to be the main man, right? This is the first year where he's the main man. And then a wide receiver, I, I'm just, you know, when I look at this team, you know, am I banking on a Pittman breakout? Am I banking on a T.Y. Hilton nice year? Am I thinking that Paris Campbell can yeah, stay on baby. the field? Am yeah, I, baby. I just, I just don't know what to expect from the Colts' skill set. The offensive line's fantastic. And the quarterback situation is obviously something to keep our eye on, but do they have enough from the running backs, the receivers, the tight ends to be able to get it done? Well, let me just say this. 
I'm very happy Nick Sirianni got a head coaching job, but he was not that great of an offensive coordinator. He was not. He was not. I, I'm honestly – I was very surprised that he even got interviews because if you watch this team the past two years – Listen, this was my biggest thing two years ago when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback and every single good pass catcher got hurt. Why the hell was Naeem Hines not out there on every play? He barely got used when they had absolutely no offensive threats, really. And he was barely getting used. That dude is one of the most talented players on this offense. And he showed last year, first game of the year, scored like two or three touchdowns against Jacksonville. I mean, he is really good on offense, both running the ball and catching. And we saw last year, yes, Sirianni finally caved and gave a little bit more touches to him. But then he uses Pittman, the biggest receiver on the team, as a slant guy. Yeah, it's so stupid. The the way he used Pittman was idiotic. He was sending Pascal downfield. I like Pascal as a deep ball guy, but Pittman is 6'4". Send him down the middle of the field, get all the big – catches downfield like that's how you break out that offense that offense was so was shaky a lot of time because they didn't really have downfield threat at all it was pascal very occasionally how was Pittman not that guy so i I think getting sirianni out and you know bringing a new mind in that can hopefully recognize where they failed last year is going to help and you know, I don't want to rely on Campbell. I really want Campbell to be good. I really do. Because the times he's been on the field, he's been so good. But he just keeps getting hurt. And it, when a guy gets hurt twice, you really start to question if it's ever going to click. He's and, fine. again, I really, really want it to click. And if he's good and if he's healthy, he's going to be awesome. Because he is fast as hell. Yeah, I he mean, is. He gets the ball and he's gone. Even really quick defensive backs cannot get him. And I think that could add a huge element to this offense, especially if Wentz isn't there and they have to rely on big playmaking in the middle field. So that's what I'm looking out for. I also am interested in the rookie Kylan Granson, the tight end. I think they could use him as as like a, a slot guy a lot because he's more of a catch a pass catcher than, you know, just a traditional tight end. And that's become popular in the NFL lately. We have a lot of tight ends now that it's like screw blocking. I'm going to line out with the wide receivers and go get a ball. And there's been good word out of him uh, from camp too. So I think they have some options, uh, whether, you know, the guys that we expect or hope to be healthy aren't. There's there's some good depth we haven't seen. And again, getting Sirianni out, I think, is going to hopefully help open up the playbook a little bit. Well, you know, look, Paris Campbell better hope he's on the field of dreams, okay? Because he's got to figure out a way to stay healthy. He's got to, he needs to be on a field where he can stay healthy, okay? I don't know how he does it, but he needs to be able to do it. And, and I, because I think he could be the key to all of this. I mean, there's no question that, that his speed, his top level ability could really cause problems for defenses. You know, they, they absolutely need that burner. And, and I think that's kind of what he was brought in to do, but you know, I think Dylan made a great point here. You know, you know, the Colts need to stop using Naheem Hines like he's just this cute gadget. Okay, he's a good football player. 
All right, you use them. Run the two running back formations and use them. Okay, like let, let's not just sit here and run these two tight end formations. Let's figure out ways we can get it going. Let's figure out ways we can get Hines and you know Taylor going at five and D. And and if you're the Colts, you know, look, T. Y. Hilton only has so much left in the tank. You guys, he's a, he's only got so much. You don't know oh, how man. much he can really give you. And you know, it it sucks for Colts fans. I I mean, he is a guy that that is. You know, to many, a favorite player, a, a generational talent, you know, and there's no question. But he's also in a position where he's just not the same. You're going to need some other players to step up. I think the Colts can certainly do it. Um, I mean, I, I think if Wentz isn't out very long, I think this team probably makes the playoffs. I mean, it's just I think they can be fine. But how, how can they overcome those wins? You know, the games where Wentz isn't there. Uh, that, that's going to be the key, I think, for their entire season. Uh, next up. Let's look at the Atlanta Falcons made a red hot draft choice with Kyle Pitts and lost Julio Jones in a trade to the Tennessee Titans. But, you know, here's the thing with the Falcons. The Falcons, I, you know, let's just face the facts. They got to win right now. I mean, let's face it. Matt Ryan is not there. Matt Ryan is not going to be your quarterback for too much longer. You know, he, he, he is older than we think, and he is a good quarterback. But, golly, you got to put something around him. Okay, the offensive line's got to be better. The defense can't act like a bunch of garbage. I mean, the Falcons right now should be a team that can come out and compete a little more. Dylan, you know, you talked about Kyle Pitts. You talked about the type of talent that he can bring. You know, Ridley, we know what Ridley can bring. But they're going with Mike Davis at running back, which, you know, I don't really know what to expect from Mike Davis. I don't know if he can necessarily do what he did in Carolina and do it again in another team. All right? And the defense stinks. It stinks. It's hot garbage. This is this is a problem for the Falcons. If they want to get better, if they want to compete, they're going to have to stop somebody. These offenses in the division are too freaking good. They're too freaking good. And Grady Jarrett should be sitting there getting really pissed if they have a horrible season because he should want to he should want to trade. He should want to trade because this defense is abysmal. They're going to have to get better. It didn't seem like they made a whole lot of moves to do that. So, Dylan, how do you look at the Falcons right now? I mean, it's it's kind of the same story as it's been the past few years. I mean, look look at the coach the coaching change they made. They go get an offensive coordinator, and albeit a very good one, but that's not the side of your ball side of the ball you need work on. Yeah, I, I think honestly, getting rid of Julio, I don't think is going to be that big of a deal. And listen, Julio is, is obviously one of the better wide receivers in the league. He's not very good in the red zone, and whether that's his fault or not is, I guess, up for debate, but. I think bringing in Pitts, I think it's going to maybe not completely offset that loss, but I think they're going to be fine on offense. I don't think it's going to be a problem. But as you mentioned, defense, last year, one of the worst pass defenses in the league. And uh, they happen to be in the same division as Tom Brady. So you better saddle up because that guy's going to put up a lot of points. And, yeah, you only play him twice a year, but that's basically two games you're giving away at this point if you're not going to put any sort of emphasis on your defense and they keep going after these reclamation projects on defense and none of them work out. I mean, how many reclamation projects have they tried at pass rush for the past five years? Yep. It's, it's just been ridiculous and literally none of them have worked out. So I, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, this is something that's going to change. I mean, it's just, Ever since they lost that Super Bowl, it's just been the same story year after year. They give up huge leads, huge, just ridiculous leads they're giving up. And, of course, that started with that Super Bowl. But 
I mean, it's it's just been the same story over and over, and I don't I don't expect it to change this year. The Falcons, Bryce, when you look at their defense right now, I'm looking at their depth chart in the secondary. Yeah. A.J. Terrell, the best corner probably on this team. Yeah. Deron Harmon, free safety, they picked him up. Richie Grant, you know, the project, Dylan, and Dylan's right. They always try to bring in some veteran to hope that he can come in and make a star presence. That guy for them this year is Dante Fowler, which granted, he looked good for the Rams, but can he do it without Donald? That's a legit question. Um I mean, what what are what can we expect? It doesn't seem like, as Dylan mentioned, they didn't fix the issues needed. It felt like they just kind of said, "Well, all right, we'll just go fix the offense, and 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 we'll we'll just we'll just go get the offense. We'll uh, you know we'll say bye to Julio Jones. We'll say hello to Kyle Pitts, and um, you know, I actually don't think Bryce, this is a horrible offensive line. I really don't. Mm. I don't think their offensive line's horrible. Mm. It's it's, it's their. It's not. It's not as bad as most teams. It's really not. No, it's not. You know, Caleb McGarry's not bad. Jake Matthews a good veteran. You know, like they're not. They're not in a horrible position. But where where can we see this team progress? In your opinion, you know, Julio Jones was a franchise level guy. He's gonna. He's gonna get a statue. He's gonna get a. He's, he's gonna be an unbelievable once. You know, Hall of Fame level guy. Okay, you lose him. Ridley's getting that net, you know, the opportunity of being the best passing option. I mean, it just seems like a team that we're just going to really have to watch because they're, they're in, they're transitioning and, you know, they're going to be a lot. I feel like, you know, some guys are going to have to make their name to an extent, you know, they're going to have to kind of come in and, and prove themselves. And, you know, I'm looking at AJ Terrell to do that. And I'm looking at Mike Davis to do that. If I'm the Falcons. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they lost a lot, really. I mean, they lost Julio Jones. Uh, they they lost Alex Mack uh, at center. They lost Ricardo Allen, Keanu Neal on defense, uh, uh, Denard and, and Casey are on the defensive end as well. I mean, this is a depleted defensive unit. I mean, they they they're able. They still have Grady Jarrett. They still have Dante Fowler, Michael Walker, who's an up and coming linebacking star, Deion Jones, who's always been solid. But yeah, I mean, that, the big question mark is the secondary. I mean, right now they're starting. They're going to be starting their their uh, their second round say, uh, draft pick uh, safety Richie Grant out of UCF. We're going to see if he can play real fast. Uh, I mean, that's the thing is, I still think the Atlanta Falcons can put up points. Um, it's yeah. can their defense stop the other team from scoring points? Uh, you got Calvin Ridley, who, who in my mind, I think has played himself into a wide receiver one position. Um, I mean, the other, the other wide receivers don't, don't necessarily excite you, you know, Russell Gage and Zacchaeus, they, they drafted Frank Darby. They took a chance on him. Uh, what in the sixth round? Yeah. Sixth round. So we'll see how that pans out. Now here's what I will yeah. say about Atlanta. Usually when they sign, like number two running backs on a team, they usually have pretty good success. I mean, let's think about it. Mm-hmm. Michael Turner for years, great, great player sure. for Atlanta. Uh, th- then they, they have Devonte Freeman who kind of came out of nowhere. Then they have, uh, they, they resign or they signed uh, Todd Gurley, took a chance on him and, and he was all right for a while. Um, you know, Brian Hill, who they had, who, who left, um, he was pretty good as second running back. So I think Mike Davis is going to be fine. I think he really showed us some stuff in Carolina. So I, I think that'll be, I think he'll be good for them, but I mean, it really comes down to their defense and they really didn't do a whole lot to address it in the draft. 
Um, I mean, they had four fourth and fifth round picks that were drafted on defense, but they really had an opportunity to do something. Um, you know, I, I didn't right, wrong or indifferent. I don't know that Kyle Pitts was the correct draft pick here, um, especially for a team with other needs other than just tight end. Uh, when, when you get, when you have a guy like Hayden Hurst and you go out and you sign Lee Smith uh, from the bills. So I get, I, I get why they took pits. If I was in their situation, I probably would have as well, but I mean, I would have really taken a really hard look at that and made sure I was making the correct decision. But I, I think it all starts on defense for the Atlanta Falcons this season. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm curious to see, you know, I I've always been a big Grady Jarrett guy. Okay. I think he's really, really good. I think he's very underrated when you're talking about top defensive linemen. You know, I think, you know, there's a chance for him to really break out for this team. And and he's always been very elite, but there's just a chance for him to really put himself in a in a in a different upper echelon category, given what's happening with the Atlanta defense. You know, he would have to if they were going to be any bit of good, he would have to be a super stud. Like that's that's what they would need from him. And Deion Jones, I think it's a great point, Bryce. He's always been very productive. I think that this is a Falcons team that's got plenty of changes that they made, and we're going to see how it works. Um, you know, can Kyle Pitts be the real deal? Can this defense be the answers that are needed? We're going to have to find out, and it's with the new coach and really a new coaching staff in general. Uh, next up uh, is the Jacksonville Jaguars, which, look, you know, this is a team that, you know, basically just decided we are going to take our team. We are going to make it younger. We are going to destroy what we had, starting with a favorite of the get the sack campaign, Doug Marone. Oh, yeah. Urban Meyer coming in as the coach. And, you know, here's the thing. Like, this is a Jacksonville team that is clearly saying, let's figure out what we got. Let's use these young pieces. Let's let's see what we got with Trevor. Let's let's get Travis Etienne in the set. You know, let's let's go out. Let's see if DJ Chark can do something, and then we'll get Marvin Jones as a veteran. Uh, you know, the offense I think is. I mean, that could be a very fun offense to watch, Dylan. If Trevor Lawrence is on and Etienne can 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 be productive. I mean, I understand people not liking the draft pick and how high they picked him, but you know, this is a player that could be really good for them. Okay. Him and James Robinson could be a really nice punch. And, you know, at receiver, like they've got Chark, they've got Marvin Jones, and they got Chanel. Like they got some real pieces, Dylan, on offense. They could be a problem. They could be a problem on that side of the ball. Yeah, honestly. You know, we'll we'll see with the defense, but I think this offense has a chance to really give the Jack this Jacksonville team a like a much better team than last year. And yeah, again, that's not saying a lot, but sure. I mean this I think this is a candidate for one of the most improved teams this year. I, I mean, their their offense is fascinating. Like I still don't think the ETN pick was great. I mean, you won the lottery with James Robinson. The lottery yeah. Getting a running back with no draft capital is like, I would imagine most GM's dream scenario. And then the next year they go spend a first round pick on a guy. So he better be damn good. He better be damn good. Um, uh, because that's, they, they had a position where they could have, you know, improved some of their other defensive deficiencies or something else. And they went there. So we'll see. 
but I love their receiving core, honestly. I mean, as much as people hate on Marvin Jones nowadays, he scores touchdowns. Yeah, oh, I like I, Marvin Jones. Yeah, I, I think he's gotten a little bit too much hate. I think I he's actually, if not the – like, I think he's scored more touchdowns than either every single receiver in the last five years or almost all of them. Like, he scores wow. touchdowns. He scores touchdowns. And, you know, given given that guy to Trevor Lawrence is, is going to make his job a lot easier, I love Chenault. And yeah. I have him on my dynasty team, and I am obviously have some vested interest in him, but I think he could be really good. I mean, he is a great runner, really strong despite being pretty small. So I, I think he has a chance to really break out this year. And Chark, who's you know battling some injuries right now, but he's been pretty reliable the past few years yeah. as well. So I think this offense is in a really good spot, and – you know, again, we'll see what the defense does. I think on paper it's much better. But, I mean, at least offensively, they have a chance to make a major leap. Well, Bryce, let's look at the defense now. I mean, this is a team that, you know, Josh Allen's a legitimate pass rusher. He is a very, very good pass rusher. And Chason, the LSU pick, you know, he was a guy that came in last season, and a rookie, just starting to adjust himself. They got a chance to be a nice dynamic duo. Henderson, I think, showed some promise in the secondary for them. You know, I don't think that this Jacksonville defense is necessarily hideous. They went out, they got they got Griffin uh, from the Seahawks, you know, who I think, look, and in terms of the secondary, you know, he's a guy that could come in and, and, re- and really give you some high-level production. Shaq Griffin was a good corner for Seattle, and oftentimes never really talked about it, but Shaq Griffin was really good for them. And they went out, they got Ryshawn Jenkins, they got Roy Robertson-Harris. This is a defense that spent some money, you know, they, they, you know, decided to spend some money on the defense, which is fine. And they still get some young pieces. I think I, this is such a, this is a team that I think could really shock some people. Like, I'll be honest, like, I don't think their roster construction sucks. I think Urban Meyer just, like, I, there's obviously a lot of controversy, but like, there was no question about it. The man could coach. There was no question he could coach. He knew how to you know how to build something. He knew how to win. Right? He did That's it right. in multiple places. That's right, baby. That's so right. Titles. I guess why can't Urban Meyer start it earlier than expected, Bryce? Oh, hey, I'm with you, Caleb. You know that you know Urban Meyer is my guy, man. He brought me a title. I'm a happy man. And I wish the best of luck to him. But I'm telling you what, my Colts are gonna demolish this team. They're gonna <laughs> demolish him. It's it's what has to happen, uh, Caleb. I mean, here here's a couple things for you, and we'll start on the defensive side of the ball. It came out today that they could be shopping C.J. Henderson, and, and in my opinion, I think C.J. Henderson is is their best corner. And I I don't know how much I agree with this. Um, I I don't know. I know Shaq Griffin. He was a he was a good corner for Seattle. We talked about it. But do you really want Shaq Griffin to be your best corner on your team? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the Henderson situation. I don't know why that's coming about all of a sudden, but that, but that was the word on the street today. Uh, and, and it literally happened today. So I, I don't know what's going to happen there, but I mean, that linebacking core is sick. Yeah. Allen, yeah. Schobert, Jack yeah. and Chase. Oh, oh, it's good. 
Oh, <laughs> now I am a little worried about their interior line or, or basically fair, their, their defensive fair. line. I do have yeah. a little concern about that, but I think that they really invested in the trenches on the offensive side of the football. They, yeah. they took care of Cam Robinson. They took care of Andrew Norwell. So that left side is solidified. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe the, the right side is fine. I think that's going to be the biggest hole in that offensive line, though. And, and I think that wide receiving core is so solid. I mean, DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Chenault. Yeah. Now, tight end, you kind of wish they had a better tight Oh, wait. Timmy Tebow, boys. <laughs> we got it. We got to talk about him. Timmy Tebow. He, here's my thing. Here's my thing with the whole Tim Tebow thing. If Urban Meyer decides he wants to get cute with Tim Tebow, they're going to lose games. They're going to lose games. And I, you just, I, I know he's got a soft spot for the guy. I understand, but don't try to get cute with Tim Tebow. Okay. If he's not the guy, if he's not the best tight end available, then you need to play somebody else. You know, you got Chris Manhurts, you got O'Shaughnessy, you drafted Luke Farrell out of Ohio State, which you know that guy can play. So don't get cute with Tim Tebow. That is my word of advice to Urban Meyer. But, yeah, I do think this team could take a step. I think they'll finish third in the division. Um, I think that's kind of obvious in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but I think they'll they'll be third. They'll definitely win more than one game. I, I, think, I think they might win five. I give them five. They'll be a hard. They'll. It won't be an easy victory. Yeah, I okay? think I don't, this is not going to be an easy out. Definitely I think not. they are sneak. I think they are. I mean, I mean, I know I keep saying it, but they're okay. Okay, fine. Good. All right, tell me, tell me how many games you think they're going to win. Well, how many games do I think Jacksonville is going to win? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. will say if you say any more than six, I'm going to come through this screen and punch you. More than six? No, they're not. No, they're not winning more Think than about six. It. Games. Think about no, it. Think no, about it. No, they're not. Think Stop. about it. Stop. Think it. about it. Stop. Can it. I, can, can I, uh, so you sure. already got. Go two, ahead. Go two ahead. wins. Two. You got two wins from Houston. You got two okay. wins against Houston. Sure. At the Jets, why can't Jacksonville win that? Why? Okay, you why got, they should. They they're lose they're always. They're always. They're always competitive against the Colts. I don't care what you both say. They're always competitive against the Colts. Very possible they could split them. They could they could beat City Chiefs Denver at home second week of the season. They're not guys, losing. They're not winning those? against Denver. Denver has an incredible defense. They're not. Why not? They're not beating Denver. Stop it. Like all I Stop. know is all I know is I think Jacksonville is my my under the radar team. They are dang near my league pass team. If there's such a thing for the NFL, oh I am gosh. liking I am liking their team. I weirdly think this defense could be like top fifteen. They're good, and they're good on all facets of the ball. They're good on all facets of the ball. If they keep C.J. Henderson, that's the big if. If they keep C.J. Henderson, they can be. But if they don't keep him, obviously I don't think they are. But they've got – they traded for Malcolm Brown. uh, That You know, that that was a deal that I didn't talk about. They traded for him from the Saints. That's a good defensive tackle. It's a good nose tackle for their defense. They, They It's not like they didn't try on defense. They went out. They made the smart moves. And I think Jacksonville will – I think that's a payoff for them. I can see them being very good, and I like the way that they're building this roster. Next up uh, for, the, for, for, our, for our preview here is the Carolina Panthers. Second-year coach Matt Rule, Sam Darnold coming in through a trade. Look, this offense, I think it is nasty, okay? I mean, if they – if Sam Darnold can come out 
and play the way he plays, the small market king, Devin Voss, should be incredibly pleased with this team. I think this team has got a lot of talent, and I think it's offensively. You can see it. It's all over the freaking field. Defensively, I think they've got some real legit pieces. I think Brian Burns could win defensive player of the year. I'm not ready to lock it in yet, but I'm awfully close. Carolina has a really good team, and I love what they did in the draft. They made smart investments. He was aggressive in terms of how he was able to bring his guys that he wanted on the right picks, the right movement. And I think this team has a lot of talent. They are ranked preseason. Yahoo Sports preseason rankings has them at 26. I am undoubtedly thinking they're better than the 26 team in football, Dylan, right? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, even if Sam Darnold doesn't really work out to what you want, it's hard to imagine him not being better than Bridgewater. And I think Bridgewater was fine. I think he's the definition of a stopgap guy, which we might see in Denver this year as well. But I've seen Darnold have some really strong flashes. I mean, the Jets were horrible. And, you know, last year he had some more passing options, yes. But he was on the run a lot. And, yeah, he likes to run a little bit, but not that much. So – This is a much better situation. I mean, definitely a better line. Really, really strong receiving core. Obviously, he's got McCaffrey to bail him out. And defensively, I agree with you. Um, Their secondary is still pretty young. Jeremy Chin, uh, my former classmate, had a great rookie season. He was awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was about as good as you can expect from a, a a rookie defensive back. I mean, really great. J.C. Horn, obviously the first pick for them should come in and do well. Hassan Reddick, I think, was a solid addition. And, you know, their interior line is pretty young still. You know, Derek Brown is was a first-round pick last year, and we'll, we'll see how that, that part of the defense does. But I definitely think the talent's there. I think 26 in football is definitely too low on them. It Again, it, it's, it has the potential of being a tough division, but at the same time, it wouldn't shock me at all if they finished second in that division. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I oh, love fine. And here, here's this. Place. Here's that. A lock it in. Second place, Carolina Panthers in the division. Ooh, lock it there in. You go. There you go. Give me that. There we go. There we go. There we go. So, Bryce, you think they're second place. What what is your what's your reasoning? I mean, obviously they've made some moves on the defense. Dylan mentioned they they got great production from Chin and they, they went out, they completely revamped uh, their offense with Darnold. They got Terrence Marshall. They, they re-inked Taylor Moten. They, they got a very solid offensive line. They have really said that is a key for them. There's no question about it. If you follow the dollars, if you follow the dollars, then it's going to follow to the offensive line. They absolutely did that, Bryce. And I know you love the trenches. I know that you think that's important. And Carolina's doing it, and they're doing it at a very good rate. Yeah, I mean, the trenches on both sides of the ball. I mean, let's be honest here. So they went out and they got Cameron Irving from the Cowboys. They they got Pat Elfline, and then they they re-signed Taylor Moten. That left side and that right tackle, right tackle position are solidified. They're solidified. And, and I mean, it, it's awesome to see because when you have a guy like CMC and you saw what kind of impact his injury had on a team like the Carolina Panthers, yeah. it's it has become – very important to protect them, protect him and protect Sam Darnold, which Sam Darnold's yeah. never had an offensive line. 
So I, I think that this is going to be a very fun offense to watch. Caleb, you know, you know, I get a room with Terrace Marshall Jr. He's very good. <laughs> and I cannot wait to watch sure. him tear up the league. In fact, Caleb, in fact, Caleb, I could see him having a Justin Jefferson-esque rookie season. That is a flaming hot take. That is flaming. That is coming out at 400 degrees out of the oven. That is coming out red, sticky hot. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hotter than a hot Bobby tamale. Anderson on the other side. You have DJ Moore in the slot, Terrace Marshall. You know, it, it, it really makes up for them losing Curtis Samuel in free agency, which really doesn't seem that big of a deal now. And I, and I love what they did in the draft. They got J.C. Yeah. Horn to, to shore up the cornerback position. They draft yeah. Terrace Marshall. And then they get Tommy Tremble in the third round to, to kind of help the tight end position. Although the word out of camp is that Darren, Dan Arnold, who they signed from, from, uh, from Arizona, and Sam Darnold have a, uh, have a connection. And the thing is, is you can't come up with – you really can't come up with a uh, – combination of the last names because it'd be Darnold anyway. So, I mean, it just makes sense. I think it's going to be great to watch all season, but they also drafted Chuba Hubbard, who is a monster Mm -hmm. at Oklahoma state. So, you know, you get uh, CMC, get a little tired. All right, here, here's a little Chuba Hubbard to blast it down your throat, by the way, here you go. And then as far as the defense goes, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, Dylan, you said it. you you kind of glossed over Hassan Reddick. Like, yeah, that's a good pickup. No, that's a great pickup. That's a great pickup for this defense. I mean, he was he stood in for Chandler Jones and absolutely just went off. Yeah. I mean, you kind of forgot that Chandler Jones was out because Hassan Reddick was was just dominating the line, and, and Derek Brown and Brian Burns also on that defensive line. Good. They're going to be awesome. Not not to mention. Last year's draft pick for the Carolina Panthers, Yeter Grossmatos. He he yeah. he's going to be great depth for them on, on edge, most definitely. I agree. I agree. You know, I, I think the big thing is going to be uh, is going to be their secondary. Obviously, you drafted J.C. Horn. Jeremy Chin was awesome, but they they signed A.J. Bouye, who who's been suspended for a few games but i think when he comes back they're really going to need him down the stretch to bring that veteran presence and and physicality uh to the cornerback position and i think that can really pay off not to mention they also signed rashawn melvin from jacksonville yeah i really like what they're doing with this roster i i lock them in for second place in the division absolutely i get it I get it. I mean, they've got a lot of pieces I like, and you know, there is no reason like check check Tom. That's probably the best like linebacker that you probably don't hear enough of. He's a very talented player. This is just a good team. This is well ran, well constructed. No question, I could see his team get second place. And honestly, wouldn't even shock me if they make the playoffs. I think they're that good if Darnold can keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. Next, next up is the Tennessee Titans, a team that obviously made the big splash of getting Julio Jones, a legitimate wide receiver to go along with A.J. Brown. But this is a team that, you know, they came out, they lost a lot of pieces, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith. They let go of Malcolm Butler. They let go of Adoree Jackson. But they were able to bring in some guys like Bud Dupree. They brought in Janoris Jenkins. This is a team that has obviously committed to being an elite offense. 
Bryce. This is an elite. They are committed to trying to be that. They want to come out. They, they have a, a guy that you could say is the best running back in the league and Derrick Henry. You got A.J. Brown. You got Julio Jones. Uh, the tight end position, personally, I think is very questionable, but they have a good offensive line. This is a team that I think offensively has a chance to be dynamite. But, but can Arthur, but is the loss of Arthur Smith going to take them down a level or do you think that the addition of Julio Jones is going to make them better? How do you see this offense playing out? Well, I don't know. Arthur Jones was, was a good mind. I mean, the offense featured Derrick Henry and rightfully so. Uh, So you really didn't get to see a lot of the pass game come to fruition. Yeah. Um, At the moment, his name escapes me who they hired for OC. But I, I think he, I think he's got a tall task because I think there's a lot of mouths to feed. I think Derrick Henry's got to get his. I think AJ Brown's got to get his. I think Julio's got to get his. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how much they mix uh, everything up. I think, I think they can be dangerous. You know, as long as Ryan Tannehill continues to perform the way he has the past couple seasons, I think they could be a, a very dangerous team once again. You know, am I? I think the left side of their offensive line is very solid. I don't know about the right side. You know, I think that's mm. that's yet to be seen. Um, they they tried to go out and I think they made some some good strides on, on defense. They lost some guys, but they also added some guys. Uh, like you sure. said, Caleb, they they added Janoris Jenkins. Uh, they went and drafted Caleb Farley. Um, they still have Christian Fulton on the team. Um, I think. Their linebacking core is a little questionable to me. Uh, I mean, they did add Bud Dupree, who's coming off a really tough injury. So I'm curious to see how he's going to perform this season. They went and they signed Danico Autry away from us. But let me tell you, Danico Autry is like 31, 32 years old. You know, he's starting to get up there. You know, he had a really good season last year. Is he going to be able to, to repeat that? I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of questions on that on that front, that front seven, uh, that we'll find out very quickly to see if they can play. Um, I think that's what the Titans' season really hinges on. I think that's what kind yeah. of bit them in the in the tail last season. It was their defense. So I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of question marks. They 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 made big signings. They made sure. they. It's time to back it up with the play though. Yeah. I mean, obviously the Julio is a big addition, Dylan, but, you know, as, as Bryce mentioned, the defense has its fair share of question marks given the way they've their, their seasons have ended. But, you know, here's the thing. I mean, Bud Dupree obviously was a very nice pickup for them. Is he worth the money? Obviously, we'll be able to figure that out. But Kevin Byard is no joke in the secondary. He's a very good player. He's going to give them a lot from the safety position. He's one of the best in the league. You got guys like Christian Fulton, who's going to have a chance to really come out and 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 prove himself here in a legitimate starting role. He's he, he's got a chance to do that. I think he can be very good. Janaris Jenkins has been good. He's not. I don't think he's anything great, but he's good. And but here's here is my thing, Dylan, for this defense. Okay, here is my thing. I think Tennessee. If they want to get to where they need to get, which is, you know, get out of the, like, I would say with the way that you made the Julio Jones move Super Bowl, I think that needs to be the expectation. I think it has to do nothing necessarily with, as I think the offense has its flashes and all that stuff. 
but I need the defense to step up. And I think there's one guy that I'm sitting there and I'm saying before the season, Jeffrey Simmons, I need you to be a top three interior defensive lineman by the end of the season. You're too talented. You're too good. You got too much talent. You got too much promise. He could come in and be an elite level guy. And I think he's a very good player, Dylan, but I think he needs to take the elite step for this Tennessee team. Yeah. I mean, you set me up perfectly there because what I wanted to talk about with this pass rush was if you look at both Autry and Dupree, those were two guys that were surrounded by really strong interior guys I mean, Pittsburgh, T.J. Watt, having a guy like that is going to make someone like Bud Dupree's job a lot easier. And I remember earlier in the offseason when they made that signing, there was a lot of you know NFL analysts that, have, that watched that Pittsburgh defense, which was tremendous, by the way, sure. say, well, as good as Dupree is, he was set up a lot by T.J. Watt. And coming off this injury, as Bryce mentioned, it's going to be tougher to get going. And they really need strong interior pressure to help him. And Autry's the same. I mean, playing next to Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner makes your life a lot easier. I agree. And I, I thought he was great last season. I thought he was pretty good the year before, too. But I definitely think that being around really strong pass rushers helps him a lot, too. And secondary-wise, yeah, they made a lot of moves, but they had no option. They were one of the worst secondaries in the league last year, and they had no option but to make moves. And they made good moves, and we'll see you know, how those work out. But I definitely think you're going to need three or four guys to really step up and cement themselves as really solid positional defenders because otherwise you're going to have your offense playing catch-up a lot. And, yeah, they have a a lot of good talent on offense now. I'm not as high, I think, as a lot of people. I think you add Julio and it makes it seem like you're going to go from – you're going to be easily the best offense in the league. But I'm a little worried. I mean, if you look at how good Corey Davis was in the middle last year, Jonu Smith was iffy, but I still think he had a presence. The middle Mm -hmm. of the field now, I think kind of, you know, it's it's not as strong as it once was. And – you need that. You need guys that can get to the middle of the field and make plays. And as good as Brown and Julio are, you know, they, they kind of lost a little bit of that interior field presence. So I'm, I'm interested to see how that develops as well. Sure. No, I couldn't agree with you more. This, this Tennessee team uh, has, has got to be able to come out and, and just flat out prove it. They got to prove to people that they belong where they belong, that they're a top level team, that they've got the ability to, to make some, a, a big time run. And I, I think reasonably that's the expectations they have, you know, that there's a lot of talent there, but the question is, can, you know, Arthur Smith, is that going to, you know, show itself? Is that going to be a huge loss? Downing, the offensive coordinator, is he going to come in and give them what they need? You know, there's a lot of, you know, things to look for. You'd see the talent, super exciting, but you know the reality is uh, you got to show it on the field. And Tennessee, I think they need to set the expectations of they got to get first in the division. They got to find a way to get home field advantage from most of this playoffs, and from there, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but next up is the defending champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who basically re-signed every stinking player they have and are basically going to go reload. And Tampa Bay, with their level of talent, you know, it is very possible this team can go right back to where they were last season 
which was in the Super Bowl and went in the gosh dang thing. And Bryce, I mean, this is a team, you know, they kept basically like they, they, they found a way to keep everybody right. They didn't really lose yeah. anybody. They just they've, they've just they've completely made this team uh, just commit to one another. It's I don't know. I, this is a team I think they could get so much better in their second year. And I, I understand that that can be crazy because they won the Super Bowl last year. But I really believe that. I think they could get even better than what they were last season. I mean, I really, I, when you have another year of playing with Tom Brady, if you're Chris Codwin and Mike Evans, you're going to be better. Just plain and simple. The offensive line, Tristan Wirfs, rookie last season. No question about it. He's going to be better his second year. Monster. No question about it. This is a team that just has guys that I sit there and I'm like, yeah, they're going to get better because that's what their track record is. Like Devin White, he just gets better. Levante David just gets better. Shaq Barrett just gets better. They just, like, I don't, I don't see why they can't even be better than what they were last season and why they can't win the Super Bowl again. They're that loaded, Bryce. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, they re-signed everybody. I mean, the only people that they lost in the offseason was Joe Haig, A.Q. Shipley, and LaShawn McCoy. I mean, wow. I, that's – they lost nothing. And they re-signed it, everybody, and they added Giovanni Bernard because why the heck not? I mean, I, I, the only thing that's going to derail the Buccaneers' season would be injuries. That would be the only thing that I can think of that that would do. I, I don't see why they can't repeat as champions as much as I hate to say it. I mean, they <sighs> juggernaut on offense, juggernaut on defense. I mean, the only, the only hole that I really see would maybe be the secondary. You know, I, I don't know that Carlton Davis is going to be as good as he was. And Sean Murphy bunting, I don't know. He's not He's not amazing. I mean, he's not a scrub either. That's really the only hole that I see uh, in, in this defense. Um, yeah, injuries yeah. are going to no. be the only thing that, that's going to that's derail this team. What do you think, Dylan, on Tampa? Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree. If you look at last year, they made a not a bunch of mistakes in the regular season, but they were not always on cue. I mean, obviously the the famous Brady holding up the four fingers, you know, getting a play behind, like that's the kind of stuff that was happening last year, and they still won the Super Bowl. They bring everyone back now. You know, the, the young guys from last year are a year better, so I, I don't see them – you know, as Bryce said, I don't see them not having the same kind of season, if not better, unless you have an injury. And let's not act like that's not a possibility because as a as a Peyton Manning stand, I you you know what a what an old guy taking one hit can do. And Brady's even older than Peyton was. And yeah, you know, Peyton was more battered at that stage, but it it, it takes one hit. And Brady has been excellent in his career about avoiding those big hits. He always knows when a guy's coming, and he he drops almost every time. But it just takes one play for him to get hit a little bit too hard, and that's their season. So, you know, if, if that's the one criticism you can have, though, is your old quarterback getting hurt, then I think they're set up well. Yeah, it, this is a team that has a chance to be a powerhouse next season. I mean, I'm not going to add too much to what they just said. I mean, you got Brady, who's, you know, going to get healthy. He's going to be a machine. They they just – it just doesn't feel like they – I mean, fact is they didn't really lose that much, and they're able to recover it 
very quickly. And there's no reason to think that they just can't go out and dominate this division. There is no reason. Like, I mean, honestly, it wouldn't even shock me if they go like 15 and two. You know, this is, they, they have a division that could just be, they just have a team that could just be dominant. Okay. I mean, there's no reason to suggest that they can't get back to where they once have been. This is a scary defense. This is a scary offense. When you combine it all together, there's no such reason to think that they can't be right where they need to be. Tamp to it. No panic from me at all. I think this Tampa team's got a chance to go very far. And, you know, look, should be a very entertaining division. And without further ado, our bundle has concluded. It has concluded. Uh, you know, this was a, this was a, uh, a fantastic podcast. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us. And, you know, look, we've got plenty of content on the way. We got Devin Voss coming on talking the NFC North and or sorry, the uh, NFC East and AFC East. We have uh, Zach Griffith coming on in a week after that, talking the AFC West and NFC West. And then we have the AFC North and NFC North also discussed on the pod for our last preview section. But Dylan, once again, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, man. This got me in the mood. I'm, we got preseason coming back this week. Yeah, uh, baby. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to dive in. I'm ready to watch some third and fourth string quarterbacks try not to completely screw the pooch. <laughs> so it's it's a fun time of year, man. And that's exactly why we're here. We're going to bring you the coverage. We got plenty coming. Uh, Dylan, you know, you are on an absolute terror. You just released a new book. You're coming out with newsletters. You got the podcast with Alex Burr. You're just raking it in like nobody's business. We got Will Hogsett. And Dev, Will Hawk said on his music pod, Dylan's also on that. You got Devin Voss and Ryan Gregory continuing to put out podcasts regarding the college football season, which is going to come up uh, very, very soon. You, there's just, there's plenty to look forward to. There's plenty to, to dive into it just, you know, Circle City Cinema, the list goes on. Uh, you know, there's plenty, plenty of content for you. And once again, thank you for coming on the Insanity Podcast. And thanks for listening.